Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Hey, happy Mother's Day. Welcome to all of our moms that are here. If you are next to the world's greatest mom, why don't you make some noise and give it up for... <laughs> well, happy Mother's Day. We're, we're glad you're here. We, we said, um, what better way to communicate on Mother's Day than to have the voices of some moms uh, to speak in, in this moment as we, we honor moms. And we're joined here with uh, some of the moms of our house and uh, just an honor to have them with us. This is Debbie Barbage, who has been a part of our church uh, in fact, uh, your family got saved here, uh, part of the church from the very beginning, yep. and uh, so grateful that you're here. She leads uh, the team with our, our Grief Share team. Would you welcome Debbie today? Glad to have you, Debbie. Thanks for being here. Angela Alesco has uh, been a part of our church, uh, uh, her and her husband, Bill, and their family. Uh, Bill, one of our deacons. Uh, Angela is a uh, life coach and works one-on-one with some ladies and also Well-Watered Women, which is a uh, uh, ministry and a, uh, just a, a organization or program is going to be starting here in the summer. She's got some, uh, a graduated child and some kids still in school right at that middle stage. Would you welcome Angela today? Thanks for being with us. So you notice we have every season of moms represented here and the uh, uh, the somewhat newbie on the block. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, uh, Allie leads our preschool Shepherd's Hand Learning Center here at Faith Assembly and uh, has three of her own kids. Give it up for Allie Haynes. Um, these, these women are, are moms and, and the most important role that, that you'll ever have, of course, title being daughter of God. Uh, secondly, um, uh, mom and uh, serving as as a co-parent, raising children together with your your spouses. Uh, but uh, we're honored that you're here because you're also leaders. And uh, if one thing makes you qualified to lead, it's being a mom, uh, being able to multitask and uh, take the shirt. Well, let's get to know you a little bit. So, Deb, let's start with you. Uh, how? How long, how many years have you been called mom, and how many call you mom? Well, my daughter says 48 and three-quarters years. 48 and three-quarters, that's very she's not owning any more than that right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have two sons. One is 45, and the other one is 40. So, but not just children. Keep going. I have seven grandchildren and three great-grandchildren. Come on, she hit the (laughs) great-grandparent stage. That is awesome. Angela, you're, uh, uh, give us a little, how long have you been mom? How many, and how many call you mom? So 21 years I've been a mom. Um, I have a 21-year-old son and then two daughters, one 11-year-old and one 9-year-old. Fun. Right at that exciting stage, you, you covered uh, uh, the, the gamut. They're one out of school, one or two still in it. So you are, you are in the thick of it. Yes. Speaking of in the thick of it, three children. Allie, uh, what ages and uh, um, 
How many? many. Well, I, I already said three. Three, so there you have it. Um, I have three little ones. I have a six-and-a-half-year-old, a, a four-year-old, and a one-and-a-half-year-old as well. Yeah, that is called exciting <laughs> and full. Yeah, so we've got a combined uh, experience here of uh, easily 70 years of motherhood sitting right here. So if you want wisdom, it is in front of us today. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's, uh, um, uh, what I want to, I, I want to jump right into what has been the most exciting thing for you this far. It's a little more experience. What has been the most exciting thing about being mom? What do you love about being mom? Who wants to go first? What do you love about it? At this point, because mine are adults and my grandchildren are That's what really you love adult. about it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, 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 love, awesome. I love the adulting. <laughs> I love being a grandmother. <laughs> but um, just seeing their accomplishments and seeing, you know, their, how they have encouraging hearts, compassion hearts, how they've grown hmm. and matured and, you know, they're responsible citizens and they're just good people. And uh, the little ones, well, the joy in that is just being able to, you know, mothering doesn't just stop when you're a mother. It just kind of overlaps into grandmothering. And then it overlaps into grandmothering. My my middle, my older grandchildren now, they're coming t- to me for advice like my children do. And the little ones, I had my uh, Owen, who is five the other day, we had a conversation about Adam and us being made out of dirt. And so we just go from, you know, we just overlap from yeah. one generation to the next. Uh, um, Angela, what for you has been an exciting thing about being mom to this point in life? Similar to Debbie, I think it's being able to, um, as an adult child, watch your child grow into the person that they truly are, um, to see the heart that he has. Um, a lot of decisions that he still has to make in his journey of life. We'll continue to pray about all of those but just knowing that he's growing. And for our daughters, just to see them becoming themselves um, and learning who they are. And, you know, I love having them in the kitchen and last night just having the opportunity to say, hey, the oven's on. Do you guys want to come make brownies? Um, And they can come mix them up and, you know, get them in the oven. It's just, it's so much fun being a parent and getting to watch these different stages and how they grow and and learn. you, You have an interesting perspective. Obviously, Debbie as well, having grandchildren, but, but for you, Angela, having, uh, you said, uh, 11 years apart between your oldest and then, uh, uh, your two girls, of course, uh, as, as being younger, you have seasons where you've learned in one season what you're able to bring into, into the next season. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure having a chance to embrace things somewhat differently. I heard that's what you do with grandparent in the grandparent stage of life. You, 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 you're able to kind of slow down and, and enjoy it a little more. Is that true? Oh, my gosh. There's so much fun. It's just being that you still have the responsibility. You still pray for them just like you do for your kids. But it's just so much easier, you know, that, that saying, you can just send them home. <laughs> because so that's even real. though Yeah, that's real. They come, and we have a really good time, and it's fun, and we laugh, and we play. And, I mean, we do things with them that we never did with our kids, just crazy things, jumping around in the living room and stuff, but it's really nice when it's time to go home. What, what do you think that is? <laughs> She's emphasizing that. Did you notice? Uh, if, if, if any of her grandkids are here, she's emphasized that a couple times just so you caught on. 
Go home. All right. I just want to say, I, my parents don't live nearby, so I can drop mine off at any time if you're ever needing to fill yeah, that you need void. To... Yeah, Ali, I want to get to, before we jump there, I want to hear you just, you know, being mom to three young ones. Um, but you talk about, Debbie, this stage in life for you that, that kind of slows down a little bit. You, you did things, you do things now with grandkids that you didn't do with your kids. One of those things, for instance, would be this. Jody and I can relate. My mom, um, uh, she would watch the kids when we would, Jody and I would go on trips. We'd go away. And we called one day to check on the kids. And so, you know, the kids answer the phone. Uh, hey, how are you doing? Good. What are you guys doing? Oh, we're jumping on Momo's bed and eating wings. <laughs> I said, where is Momo? She's here. I'm like, Mom, what are you? She said, oh, it'll clean up. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, we couldn't eat wings outside of the kitchen or the backyard, but they're in the bed. What is it that makes that process different at that stage? What, what, what would you, what is that? Because whatever that is, we need to have it before we get there. <laughs> You can't get it before you get there. Oh, great. Well, let's pray. Good to have you in church today. Basically, it's you're on your own. No. You know, you do have children that are married now. So, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. It what, just happens. When it happens, it's just there. Is it, is it possible that you go through, when you go through raising children and when you've gone, gone through experiences, does experience teach you that the stuff you once stressed over doesn't matter like you thought it did? Yeah. And Does I, experience teach you that if you made it through this, you'll be all right? Yeah, and I've learned that, you know, don't sweat the small stuff and pick your battles. Mm -hmm. And it's just a whole different thing when it's the grant. You don't have this. You don't have to do the homework. You don't have to do the school. You don't, you know, it's just totally different. And I think you're right. It is something that you can't learn but experience. It's, it's going through it. Ali, you've been a mom for six years. What, to this point of having young children, three rambunctious kids, being yeah, raised by it. two competitive athletes, you played field hockey, your husband, Justin, wrestled for West Virginia University, so you guys are competitive. Yes. So how has that been What's been the most exciting thing thus far? Sure. Being so mom. we are a competitive household. There is no uno that doesn't end in tears. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is I have a daughter who is six and a half and is absolutely wants everyone to win. Um, which you don't know what to do with that, can't do you? Happen. So, <laughs> but what I love is I had this image in my head, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a little girl. Um, she's going to just be such an athlete. She's going to be a go-getter. And um, I, I had to have a mantra with Corinne during soccer this season. And I said, Corinne, what are you going to be? And she looked at me and said, aggressive. And I said, yes, aggressive. And, um, but it's so true. My, all of my kids are so different. Um, and the idea that you may have in your mind as to what they will become, I'm still finding out. And uh, I just find that to be a breath of fresh air. I learn something new about my kids every single day. And it's really a testament of God kind of, 
teaching me the baby steps, essentially, of, of who my kids are and allowing them to kind of grow in themselves. That uh, It's an interesting perspective when you recognize that you don't create your kids, you influence them. Yes. And sometimes we get caught trying to create and uh, may, maybe talk about that in, in parenting, what you've learned, and maybe from experience, some things of having to learn, you said fight battles or whatever that is. How has that process been for you? And even recognizing the difference between your role is to influence them, to raise them, but not to create them. Because ultimately, they're created, each of us, our children, they're created in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made by him. And so... How do, you, uh, how do you navigate that sometimes when you have expectations that don't always play out the way you desire and how to navigate that, okay, they're his, not mine. My job is to influence and raise, not to create and mold, but to uh, talk, talk to that. How, how does that role, I don't know who uh, wants this, Angela? There's a couple different words that come to my, my head, love acceptance, support. You know, as a parent, you think about all of those things. You accept them no matter what, because again, God has created them in his image and he knows what he has for them. So who are we to say that it should look a certain way? You know, so love them, accept them, support them through it. Um, And I think it's just guiding them along the way. You know, parenting does look different, especially um, raising, I'm sorry, not raising an adult child anymore, but what does that role look like with an adult child? It goes from giving instruction to asking questions and getting, in my opinion, feedback. How do you feel about that? What does that look like for you? You know, there's a difference in how you, you have those conversations versus a child that at the age of 9 or 11, you know, who has a question, but why? Well, sometimes I'm stumped myself. I'm not yeah. sure why. It's just that's the way it needs to be. Um, you know, but I just think it's, God has that plan for them. We don't know exactly what that looks like. But how great is it whenever you start seeing it unfold in their lives and you see those little things that just pop out? Again, having a heart for people and loving on people. I I see in my 11-year-old already, she's a natural-born leader, and everyone says she's a worker. Well, let her put that working and that leadership to God's purpose and use and how powerful and impactful can that be. So, you know, let me not limit anything. Um, In fact, I remember the principal saying, you know, she's really, she's a leader. We just, you know, whenever she gets there, because a leader as a young child is not always accepted as much because, well, they're a little demanding and um, maybe strong-willed. Strong-willed, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that can be a challenge, but wow, to allow God to take that and what he can use that for one day. um, It's just amazing. So it's, it's loving, supporting nurturing, accepting. Yeah. Keeping, keeping perspective of what truth is, the word of God, and allowing them to grow in that personal experience. Because sometimes we put on, it can be tempting to put our experiences on our own children. Well, this is how it happened for me. This is how, and even spiritually we can do that. Well, this is how, you know, this is how I got saved. This is how I interact with Jesus. This is how I do but, but we influence, and uh, knowing that role that we don't create, we, we influence. Right. Um, unconditional love. Man, how, 
talk about unconditional love in the home, how you've experienced it, how you grew in that, some things you learned in learning to love like Jesus. I think for myself, um, I am a pastor's kid, um, and my mom was always just so open as to, Allie, who do you want to be? Like, who do you want to become? And she kind of cultivated uh, a place in our, in our home that was free to be me. So free to ask questions, free to be open, free to um, kind of spread my wings. And I, I it, when writing kind of a little, a little thought that I had was, how much time do I have to thank my own mom for the patience that she had for me? Um, you know, as to going off and kind of going astray and then coming back, um, she allowed me to do that. And how difficult that is. I'm at a young stage where my children going out and bending a rule is taking two popsicles instead of one. But I can only imagine as we grow, um, allowing your kids to kind of bloom at, at their own time. And I'm so thankful that my mom did allow that, even though, you know, I may have been within a church my whole life. Um, she just allowed me to ask questions and be open, and it allowed me to grow, um, even in making so many mistakes throughout that time. She continuously supported and cared for and nurtured. You, you said uh, allowing, giving allowance, um, and, you know, the, the side that I, that I hear, because we all have these, these things that rise up, and it's like, but wait, I don't want to encourage my kid to walk off in those places. But there's a difference between allowing and encouraging. And I think maybe not allowing as much as being careful we're not trying to force right. upon something that yeah. is not done in love. There, Josh McDowell, he made this statement. He said, uh, rules without relationship equals rebellion. And that's what I was just going to speak of. I mean, I can only think of the rebellion, like there was rebellion there, but I can only think of what there could have been had, you know, there hadn't been an explanation as to why. So her, you know, consistently being there and then explaining, you know, throughout my trials, why? Yeah, I think that, Angela, something you, that, that you brought up, that whole idea of loving, accepting. Obviously, we, we, you know, a kid comes home and, and says, uh, hey, I, I just stole money off of a kid at school. Oh, well, we accept you. We love you. That's not what you're talking about. No. You know, that, those are standards. We uphold those truths. But the acceptance of that is whether or not you obey the rules isn't going to affect my relationship, my love for you. It's going to affect how we interact. There's going to be, um, you know, moments of, of, of consequence and, and things that we have to uphold. But my love, everything I do is out of love. Um, that's what discipline is. Have you ever had to discipline your children? Never. Never. <laughs> All the time. What... Um, what have you learned in disciplining? So you've gone through seasons of life now. Now you don't have to discipline as much anymore. You let me start to discipline, I'm sure, Grandma. Or no, Mima. Yeah. Mima. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mima still does do some discipline because 
I don't want them to take their kids home and not be able to control them because yeah. I didn't do what I should have done. But uh, what I have learned, and I think Ange even said this, was even with discipline, each child is different. And so according to what they did and according to the child, sometimes that's how the discipline was handed out. But there was always discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, has, what have you learned through the discipline, disciplinary process of your children? And obviously, you've got six and under, and so you've disciplined. And, you know, there's kind of the rule of thumb that, uh, you know, kids, there's nothing wrong with a little whooping on the backside, uh, probably up to about kindergarten. After that, don't try, try and whoop a 16-year-old. I mean, that just doesn't probably <laughs> have the same effect. But, but what has disciplining, what have you learned in the disciplinary process of, of raising children? What, what has that taught you? What have you learned from that? It's never easy, right? Honestly, I don't think it is easy because I think there's, at least for me, it's not. Um, it's recognizing that it needs to be done, but sometimes you can see the disappointment in their face because they realize I've done wrong and you're addressing it. So it's kind of then, like Ali said, it's talking them through um, why that shouldn't be happening. Um, each child is so different, and what one child will accept as discipline and actually kind of get the point is so different from another child. So as a parent it's, and as a mother, it's constantly adapting and changing to that um, so that you can get that message across and, and just help them along the way. Yeah. Deb? Well, I think, too, back to the uh, unconditional love thing, I had to learn that because my dad was a very strict disciplinarian because of his background, too, and some things he didn't know how to read, and he looked at that as a reflection of himself. And he took that upon himself if we didn't behave, it reflected on him. And so he loved us, but he didn't know how to discipline in love. And I tried to discipline my, my kids and my grandkids in love and explaining to them afterwards when they're disciplined, this is why we had to do this. You shouldn't have done this because instead of just, you know, disciplining them and not giving them any instruction or telling them why that we're doing this. I think it's important that we learn to not get caught up in the moment, but to keep a gaze at the big picture. Discipline is, discipline is not just because of the act you committed. It's correction so that the future is set in order. And if we don't discipline with future in mind, then we can get wrapped up. And, and you said something that's so important, um, that discipline more from where we are. Uh, we grew up pastor's kids, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm raising and have raised pastor's kids. And I remember as a pastor, but I realized it's not just being a pastor. There was a moment that um, I corrected my son, and the whole area that I went to was I started to say, and I'm the pastor, at that time a youth pastor, but I'm a pastor, and you're doing this. And I had, to, I had to repent to my son and say, I am now putting myself on you to where I'm worried about your future because of how it reflects on me. I love you more, and this is about my love for you, not about your disappointment, it, it, my disappointment in you. And, uh, you know, 
being reminded. In that moment, we're disappointed. But that disappointment's gonna pass. And so I can't respond in my disappointment. I have to respond in my love. And the love is that, hey, there, it's gonna be all right. If the Lord doesn't come back, I'm gonna have grandchildren, great-grandchildren. I'll let them jump on the bed and eat wings. Everything's fine. <laughs> we'll be all right. What it did for me, though, too, was that if I were good, my dad would love me. Oh. And so in reflection to my father in heaven, I've, I've struggled with if I'm good, he'll love me. Wow. You know that, to be honest with you, that's not so deep and profound. And I don't mean that in, <laughs> that's not insulting. The problem is that is too relevant and real. Because I wonder how many people can recognize that I have to earn the approval. And being careful that the atmosphere we set, back to the point you, you said there, Angela, is accepting. And I know we, get, we, we can sometimes in our heart, you know, for me it does, this will rise up. The moment you said accept it, immediately I, I, inside I'm like, but there's some things I can't accept. Okay, but there are things I can't accept, but you I always will. And I have to separate. So even when you said that, the dad in me is like, but I can't approve. But you didn't tell me to approve the act or the thing. It's the person. It's the love. I love you. I, my, my love is for you. What, what an atmosphere that sets. Um, man, and moms help lead that. Moms obviously have a nature about them that kids will walk right past dad to go to mom because they're hurting. Maybe because it's dad's like, suck it up. I don't know. Or, you know um, what have you, <laughs> unless you play field hockey or you're competitive, then you, then you say, suck it up. No, um, that, that's a great, great point. What have you learned? What's the greatest advice? I, I want you to speak from where you are now and what you would tell the mom that's in the stage that you just left. Some of the things you wish you would have known earlier, what would that be now that your grandma, Mima, great grandmother, what is something that you, you discovered later that you look back and you say, I wish I would learn this earlier? Well, I think I already kind of said that when I said, you know, um, pick your battles, uh, don't sweat the small stuff, follow your gut. You know, those feelings that you get sometimes that are in a warning even, or just a message from God, and, and, and it's all in your gut, and you're like, hmm, is that really something I should check into or not? So pay attention to, to that. What would follow your gut look like? When, what, what, and give us a context of, when you say follow your gut, what, would, what could be a response to that by following your gut? Well, and I'm, I'm really, I was always pretty naive with it, and I've learned not to. It would be something like when our daughter was younger, the dog kept getting loose and going down in the alley. My gut wasn't telling me anything, but it was telling my sister something. <laughs> and the dog was being loosened on purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was going down the alley to meet a young man. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have a feeling something's not right. <laughs> we are keeping it real, y'all. I appreciate that. There are moments... and. and when you said follow your gut, I wanted to follow up with that because there are moments where, you know, this, 
this is going to be uncomfortable, but I have to say it. You're sensing something. I have to, I have to, and, and that's important. And so I'm glad you said that. You know, follow your gut. And I think, you know, to, to even say that, not in accusation, but just inquiry. You know, it, it's one thing to, you know, follow your gut with not accusing, but just inquiring. It could be something simple like check the phone. Oh, well, I'll do it later. Maybe I don't need, what do I need to check the phone for? And you just kind of let it slide. Yeah. No, when you get that gut feeling to check the phone or whatever, you check it. I'm going to hang on this for a little bit because I think this is, this is good wisdom. Come on, she's got wisdom. She's raised children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren now. And I think there's some moms that have younger middle school, uh, high school. Man, use that wisdom that, uh, to trust your gut sometimes. And uh, sometimes that's Holy Spirit giving us some insight. But, but here's the wisdom of it. Don't accuse, inquire. Don't address it with accusation. Address it with inquiry. And by the way, that's not just for parenting. That's in every area of life. The moment we come with accusation, it becomes defensive. But the moment we, hey, is this a problem? Is there something? What's going on? There's the inquiry that gives, that's, uh, that's great, great advice. I hope y'all are taking notes on the wisdom of these ladies up here. So, uh, uh, Angela, what's something for you in this season of motherhood, being mom, that you wish you would have learned earlier. And sometimes you can't because it takes experience. Yeah, what, right. what is that? I actually feel like I've had the benefit of learning from ha- having a son that's 21 and then having another yeah. child 10 years later. So Again, basically what she's saying is if you have 21-year-olds, have more children is what. Yeah, just wait a few her. years. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think that it's, it's recognizing how quickly time goes. And don't take the time for granted. Enjoy the moments. You know, they don't have to be big moments. They can be little moments. Um, it's just the, the time together is so precious and, and just goes so fast. And I, having patience, I don't pray for patience, um, but through a course of time, I can tell you, you know, you have patience, and I think you parent just a little bit differently um, in the way you, you take day to day. I know I shared a little bit earlier that, you know, there's a moment where one morning, we were rustling around very quickly, getting out the door. And, you know, after I was done, it's that moment of, <sighs> I, they didn't have breakfast. My daughter didn't take her pretest, so she's not going to have that done. And, you know, I don't know if they've got their snack for the day, but they still came home at the end of the day and everything was fine. You know, there's that aspect of, as a parent and as a mother, give yourself a break and recognize mm. not everything's going to be perfect um, there's a lot of moments that are ups and downs, but give yourself a break through it and just know who you are in Christ and know that he's given you these precious children, these gifts, and love on them. Enjoy every moment. Yeah, that's good sometimes to slow down. Yeah, and, slow uh, down. <laughs> enjoy. Take the breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. So uh, trust your gut. Take a breath. Mm-hmm. Allie, what... Being a mom for six years yes. and a half. Yes, I always get the yes, half. Yeah. <laughs> what? So you? Yeah. Sure. What advice do you give to a mom that's just starting out? This yeah. is. Yeah, and I think there is advice. Um, I may not be the best one to give it because I'm still, you know, learning alongside a lot of you. Um, but the thing that came to mind is revel in the real, um, which sounds odd, but. Um, Find enjoyment in the realness of life. So um, for me, that may look like 
I'm on my side porch and my kids are taking bricks, flipping them over and making a complete mess so they can find bugs. Um, At first, I wanted to tell Lincoln, please stop because you're ruining all the hard work. Um, (laughs) But then he came over to me and he had four bugs in his hand and said, look, mom, they love me. And... um, (laughs) And I said, good, keep them out of the house. Um, But truly, allowing my kids to just be real, putting my phone down, putting it aside, and making my memories with my kids, I ended up getting down there and flipping some myself to see what we could find. Um, And there was a value in that. I will... I will probably remember that for a really long time. Um, And it was just simply me saying, it's okay, just revel in this, enjoy it, and keep it real for my own kids. I think great advice, sometimes as simple as it might sound, is put the phone down. Yes. I was at a, uh, a couple years ago, I was um, uh, traveling, stopped at Chick-fil-A, get a quick lunch, and uh, I go in, and, and uh, I'm sitting there, there's this mom ordering, and um, she's making this whole big deal with her daughter, And I watched the daughter, like, just be ignored. And the only time she got attention was so that mom could take a picture of her to post. And I watched. I'm sitting at a booth, and everything in me wanted to say, put your phone down. You're trying to tell the world how great of a mom you are when your daughter's only attention you're getting is because you want to capture a moment, Mm -hmm. but you're missing all of them. And, and that's um, a culture right it's now. a cultural thing, and, and yeah. being careful, mm-hmm. you know. And she wanted the world to know how great of a mom she was because she captured the moment, and all the while the daughter's talking to her. But mom can't pay attention because she's posting the pictures but that you'll she hear just... it from your kids if you put the phone down. Yeah. you'll hear it from them. Yeah, so. yeah, and that, that's that's great, great advice. I am um, Luke chapter eight. Uh, Jesus is uh, on his way to heal. Um, uh, a gentleman's daughter, and while he's going along, um, he gets stopped, or he doesn't get stopped, but a woman we know with the issue of blood, the Bible says this, that a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately realized, or someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized uh, that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of Jesus. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him, And that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What we want to say to to moms today is you'll you'll be the best version of mom that you can be when you know that you're the daughter that he called you to be. This woman didn't know who she was or who she could be, but he immediately called her daughter. And to know that you're loved by God, that he gives you wisdom, trust your gut, he gives you the ability uh, to make moments and to, to slow things down, sometimes to press through the crowd, press through whatever that is. And in those moments, don't just capture it on your phone or in the social moment, but in our hearts, uh, creating the impact. And I want you guys to know you are your heroes because you're moms. If you are a mom, 
and you are here today, you are a hero because it is not easy getting kids to church. Uh, but uh, we thank God for you. And, um, you know, I, this is our prayer at Faith Assembly, reaching people to reach their purpose. I pray that by God's grace, we can be a house that raises more moms like you, more moms like we have here. Uh, because if we could be moms, if we, if we could have more moms that will just love like Christ, not be perfect, not have it all figured out, but to be able to trust in the grace of God, we know we've got great things ahead of us. Hey, if you love your mom and you're grateful for the faith of your mom, why don't you give it up for all the moms in our, in our house today? Yeah. Yeah. So we're grateful for you, and we, uh, we love moms. Uh, you make, make a huge, huge impact, and our prayer is that uh, the moms that we have in this room that God's grace will give us even more uh, because you are making a world of difference. You gave me a drawer in your kitchen Gave me the room with the view of the yard Wherever the hurt, you knew right where to kiss it You gave me the best of your heart And you carried my rocks in your pocket Flowers and feathers and butterfly wings You had an answer for my questions you showed me wonderful things I know that it hasn't been easy I hope that I love like you do cause I know that this world would be better if everyone had a mother like you macaroni we never cared that it came from a box the mom in the stands always clapping her hands started cheering and still haven't stopped and you held me when I came home crying cause someone said something that just wasn't true I always said that Janelle was my best friend When really it's always been you I know that I haven't been easy I hope that I love like you do Cause I
Our second was born in September I still can't believe I have kids of my own I look in their eyes and I can't help but wonder Who will they be when they're grown? I know it won't always be easy I hope I can love like you do Cause I know that my kids will be better If they have a mother like you If I am a mother like you Mom, it's not always been easy. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always the way we plan. But keep setting the table. Keep making a way. Keep being a voice. I've, uh, Jody and I have 12 years of youth ministry experience before becoming lead pastors. And, um, I was a youth pastor to some of your kids who are now have kids of their own. And I had parents at different times who would say to me, I don't know what you said to them. And then I would tell them what I said and they would reply, well, I said the same thing. You know what I say? They heard me because you kept saying it. They heard this pastor at a stage in their life because they had a mother who kept saying the same thing. And I know it was like, but they didn't hear my voice. Oh, no, they heard. Keep saying it. When it feels like it goes in one ear and out the other, when it feels like it's not making a difference, when it, when it feels like everything you've done, they've just gone off on their own way, keep saying, keep praying, keep setting the table, keep being because God is using the course that you've set because as you train up a child he'll take care of the part and he'll draw their heart he'll lead them I want to ask you today on this Mother's Day if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior there's two things that I know for a fact number one you have a mother you didn't get here without one you might say, well, she's maybe not even your biological mother. Well, listen, that person that poured into your life and raised you. You've got a mom, but more importantly, you've got a creator who loves you. And on this Mother's Day, it might be the answer to some mom's prayer that a, a child who's away from God would return to know him. But this is more than being a gift on mom's Mother's Day. Although, if mom's been praying for you and today's the day you make a decision to surrender your life to Jesus, I know your mom's going to rejoice. But it's more than being a gift to your mom on Mother's Day. It's receiving the gift of Christ, of salvation. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment, you're here today and you say, Jason, I need to surrender my life to Christ. If that's you, you don't even know the people have been praying for you, but today you know that God's drawing you because he loves you. He's calling you home. If that's you, he's calling you to have a relationship with him, to come back where you belong. If that's you today, just lift your hand and then you can put it back down. You just say today, I'm, I'm going to surrender my life to Christ. Yeah, is there anybody today? Yeah. The most important decision we'll ever make. Hey, moms, don't stop praying. Don't stop being a voice. Don't stop loving on. Hey, if you're, if you're next to a mom right now, would you just hug on them, grab their hands, squeeze their hand, whatever that is, just... Tell them thank you. Tell them thank you for all of what they've invested and are doing. Man, we love you. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray a blessing over moms. Hey, uh, dads, if if you don't have children of your own, mom or dad, I want you to know you're still a, a spiritual parent. You're raising people. You're influencing people. Let me just give a, a word for dads. Um, hey, dads, um, God wants her to know that he's her daughter, which means it's our job to love her like the daughter of God that she is. We're teaching our children how to honor, respect. We're teaching our kids how to talk to their parent, how to, how to talk to their mom. We're teaching kids how to respect and honor. And so God, give us grace. Amen. How many know we need grace to do this? Yeah, any perfect people in the room, we have this all figured out. Anybody in the room say, I wish I would have done things different at some point in life, but thankful for God's grace that he gives. Hey, take the hand of your your mom, your wife, whatever that is today. Would you just speak a blessing over them? Would you just write in your own way? Just, I want you to do that. I'm gonna lead us in prayer, but would you just... Would you just bless your mom, bless your wife? God, I thank you. I thank you for the, 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 the gifts that are in this house. God, the, the tools that you have used to shape and to mold us. God, we're, we recognize that you're the potter and we're the clay, but God, I thank you that you've used moms in our life to, to help help shape us, to help direct us and guide us. Father, we pray a blessing over every mom in this room today. God, I pray that we would that we would allow ourselves to rest in your grace and provision. That God, we cannot accomplish anything in ourselves. It's only by your grace. So Lord, we trust you. Whatever season we might be in, if, if we've reached the grandparent season, God, we trust you. If we're, if we're, if we're in the season of of kids becoming adults, Lord, or even if we're in the stage of they're young and they're hanging on our knees. God, I pray that you would give us grace in every season to know that you're the God who's working on our behalf. Lord, we don't have to do it alone. You give us grace for it. So be our help. I pray bless every mom. Lord, not only on this Mother's Day, but God, I pray that you would give them supernatural strength. You would give them wisdom. Give them grace. God, I pray great joy to overwhelm them. That Lord, even in times of tears, that they would hold on to hope, knowing that you work all things together. So Lord, we pray blessing over every mom. That God, our homes would be effective. That Lord, we would see impact made. That God, Fayette County would be changed because of spirit.
spiritual mothers and fathers, because of husbands and wives that raise up their home in a way that would honor God, not in perfection, but in humility and reverence unto God. We are yours. God, let us be built on your firm foundation. We trust you. God, we will not fail because you won't fail. We trust you and you won't fail. You will accomplish those things for our good and for your glory. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone who's grateful for mom said amen. Come on, one more time. Give it up for all the moms in the room. Man, we love you. Thanks for being a part of church with us today. Next week, we'll continue our series called The Return. Hey, don't forget on your way out, grab the family, get a photo, either in the Family Life Center or here in our main lobby. We love you. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you next week.